Welcome to the Space Beyond Scarce podcast. I'm your host, life and business coach, Kate Hawley. I work with entrepreneurs and creative change makers who value depth, impact, and purpose. Many of my clients are like me. They dream of creating prosperity through the value they provide, but they also want equity for others and sustainability for our planet. The scarcity mindset of our culture tells us that this dream isn't possible, that we are not enough, that we don't have enough, that there is not enough for everyone, and that's just the nature of reality. But really, it's just the nature of predatory capitalism. I'm glad you're here because we are going to prove that sad story false and make better meaning to build our future with. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Space Beyond Scarce podcast, episode five. Today is a really special podcast because today I'm going to be teaching my eight-step generate method for disrupting the scarcity mindset. This is a model that I created over the last year, and I've been very pleased with it. Every time I use it, it works for me, and I've used it with clients, and it seems to work well for them. And I actually think that it really gets to the heart of some of the more important things that I have learned about the coaching process beyond just identifying your scarcity concerns. This model that I'm going to teach today is something that we will reference in the future. So you may want to save this podcast and go back to it and actually use it and practice with it. So the first step is to talk about how you would know if it would be a good idea for you to try this process. So I would say if you're if you're in a scarcity mindset, then you should try it. But other clues you can look for is really anytime you're feeling stressed, rushed, fearful, worried, desperate, graspy, you know, that graspy energy, or otherwise troubled by not having enough of something, you could try this when you're feeling FOMO, you know, fear of missing out, or you could try it when you're feeling that very uncomfortable feeling of comparing yourself to others and maybe feeling envious or competitive or like you're coming up short in some way. So as you can tell from that description, it actually works well for a lot of different moods. So normally when I teach this process in a workshop setting, I have a lot of time to actually do integrative work. So we go through the exercises in real time. But because this is a podcast, what we're going to do today is I'm going to take you through the process and I'm going to use myself as an example. So for every step, I'm going to kind of pull back the curtain so that you can see my process and the answers that I came up with for myself. And then later, I will give you a resource so that you can practice this on your own with your own challenges. And I will also be offering a resource for potentially getting some free coaching on this. So I wanted to pick an example that I would be willing to share with you all in kind of a vulnerable way because it, this type of thing doesn't really work or it's hard to understand if you're not being really honest with it. So I picked something that's very alive and true for me, but also feels kind of safe to share. And the example I picked is something that consistently feels scarce for me. And that is 
a specific day of the week. It happens to be today, actually. (laughs) There's one day of each week that I get to be home alone for a period of time. It's the only day that my husband works outside of the house and my children are at school. And I want to give you a little bit of context for why this day is so important to me. I was just listening to a beautiful interview with Esther Perel, who's just a brilliant woman. If you don't know her work, you should definitely go connect with it. And the podcast I was listening to was her being interviewed by Glennon Doyle on her podcast, which, by the way, I'll just link to that in the show notes so you can go listen to it. It's such a great interview. And they were talking about how people are going through really specific problems and challenges right now. As a result of this last couple of years of living through the COVID pandemic. And one of the things Esther Perel said is that people are not working from home, they are working with home. They are experiencing all of their roles collapsing in one place. And this really beautifully gets to the heart of what has been both so challenging, but also so special because before the pandemic hit, I, this day had just become my day home alone and I'd not had this for so long. And it became the one day of the week that I looked so forward to. And I still work on that day, but it feels really spacious and free. I would clear my calendar of any appointments so that if I was in the mood for doing some kind of deep, creative, focused work, I could do that. If I was in the mood for listening to my favorite music and dancing around in my kitchen, I could do that. If I was in the mood for doing a house project or really anything, it's just that freedom, right? The freedom to do whatever you feel like doing in your own space without anybody else distracting you or telling you to stop doing it or telling you you're getting in their way or whatever, right? Just being with your own energy. And I'm aware that I have a particular, I guess you could say, scarcity of this because of the phase of life that I happen to be in right now. I'm a mom to two kind of young kids who are in lower elementary school, and my husband does not work outside the home very much. And so, and then I also do work from home quite a bit, and there's certain types of work that are are really best for me to do from home. Like, for example, this podcast, I do this from my closet. (laughs) So I don't yet have a professional podcasting studio outside my home. And so there are certain things that I just need to be home alone to work on, right? And I have not gotten very much of this, especially in the last two years, because everybody was home together for so long. And even that one special day that I get, sometimes I don't get it. Like next week is a holiday week. So my kids have the entire week home from school. And you know, this is a consistent challenge for parents of young kids. And so if you are in that situation, you probably can resonate with what that feels like. I'm aware that there are some people who live alone and maybe have the opposite scarcity where they they have an abundance of time alone, but maybe they don't have quite enough time spent with the people they love, right? But this is my particular challenge is, uh, is that what can happen to me is that on this special day, I start to feel that panicky, grippy, like, oh my gosh, like worrying energy of like, how am I going to get everything done in the amount of time that I have? Because I I suddenly feel how much I need this. It's kind of like if you were super, super thirsty 
And then somebody gave you like a tiny glass of water and you're like, oh, thank you. That is very helpful. I really needed that glass of water, but it actually made me aware that I'm very thirsty and I really could use a much bigger glass of water, please. So it's helpful to get my one day a week, but it never quite feels like enough. So I decided this would be a good example to use as we go through the generate method today. So generate is an acronym um, and we're going to go through it one letter at a time. The first step is the G from generate, and the G stands for ground into your body. So there's a couple of different ways to work with this step. The first one is really just to tune your awareness into your body and start to get a little descriptive, right? Like when I'm, when I'm feeling into the energy of stress and scarcity around my special day, I might ask, what does this feel like in my body? Like, where do you feel it? How would you describe it? If you're a somatics nerd, you might even get into the like, is it in your muscles? Is it in your organs? Right? Like what body system do you feel it in? So when I asked myself this earlier, because I was going through this whole process earlier today, I felt like a worrying energy in my gut. It just felt like this, um, really fast moving little machine inside me that wanted to like break free and move really, really quickly. Like it did not want to be slowed down by anything. This, this stage of grounding into your body, it can be about describing what you're feeling. It can also be a chance to downregulate. So I've noticed that sometimes the scarcity mindset can really just feel like a pure activated state of fear or stress or threat. And I had one of those the other day. It was really out of the blue, like 5 a.m., woke up worrying about something and just like felt that fear in my body. And I tried this process and I found that I was doing ground into your body and it wanted me to just stay there. It was just like, just stay here. <laughs> just keep grounding into your body. You don't need to do anything else today. And so you'll notice like as we go through the steps of the generate method that this one is very, it's physical awareness, but as we move through, it starts to get more mental and really about your thoughts. So those are pretty different ways of approaching uh, healing and growth and moving through and processing a problem. And if you're noticing that this just feels really sticky in your body, then it might be a better choice for you to actually spend some time working through an embodied practice and just staying with this step and not even moving through the rest yet. So examples of what I mean by an embodied practice, it could just be any form of exercise. For me, I, I like to do yoga, pranayama or breath work, you know, dancing, moving things out, anything that's going to engage the physiology. So this step in and of itself, like all of the other steps, it can be isolated and practiced on its own, and it may actually get you everywhere that you need to go. Okay, so after you have grounded into your body and either just described or became more aware of what's happening or, you know, done a little down-regulating so that you're a little more calm, the next step is the E in generate, the first E, there's multiple E's, uh, which is experience your emotions. So this one is also kind of a physical, emotional step. This is about starting to notice and name what is it that you're feeling. Um, when I checked in with this, 
the way I was feeling was excited. I was excited about my special day where I was going to get to be alone. And I was also feeling a bit frustrated because I already could feel that I wasn't going to get as much time as I wanted. And I even noticed a little undertone of a little bit of resentment, right? Like there's a need I'm not getting met and there's the tendency to want to kind of blame the other people who live in my household for this unmet need. Now, if I go back to the example I was offering from the other day where I had just woken up at like 5 a.m. really randomly with a what kind of an acute state of scarcity mindset, that state, I was much more in a fear state. I could feel the fear in my body. And if you're having more of that like very strong emotional reaction, one of the things that's helpful is this is something that was first described by Jill Bolte-Taylor, who is a neuroscientist, neuroanatomist who I really love. You might remember her from her TED Talk, which is one of the most famous TED Talks that I think ever happened, which I'll also link to in the show notes. If you haven't seen it, it's incredible. Um, and she's written a couple of books. So I love her work. But Jill Bolte-Taylor describes that when we're having kind of an activated emotional response, the the neurochemical reaction lasts for about 90 seconds. And if we let it pass over us, we can be done with it in 90 seconds. But what usually happens is that we get into that emotional reaction and we start feeding it with like stories and thoughts that keep it going. So certainly we can stay in a reactive emotional state for longer. But even just by bringing your awareness to it in this step, you are helping to hold space to just look at it. What I did the other day when I woke up with that kind of fear response is I had actually just watched the movie Dune, which my husband is like a long, long time major Dune nerd fan. So I've been with him for like 15 years and I've heard him say this quote many, many times because this book is like his his main frame of reference for life, you could say. So it was exciting to watch the movie with him and finally kind of understand some of what it's about. And you may know this quote if you also are a Dune fan, but it's it's when when the main character, Paul Atreides, is moving through some of these experiences. It's this almost internal mantra that seems to arise from his training. And this is from the book, not the movie, but it's, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. So what I love about this is it really accurately describes that same thing that Jill Bolte-Taylor is talking about, that we are we can get so reactive and so averse to a feeling, especially a very difficult feeling like fear, that we start panicking and we start trying to figure out any way to struggle against it, run away from it, check out of it. But if we just stay and you let it pass over you, pass through you, it will go. And then it's just you. So that's what I did at 5 a.m. the other day. I just stood, I just laid there and I worked with it. And I said, I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death. 
I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And then, about 90 seconds later, my mood had shifted. And I was ready to be in a different stage with my process. So depending on your mood and your state of the day, you may need to spend more time on that step or you might be able to just breeze right through it and say, okay, I named my emotions. I named what I'm feeling. What's next? So the next step in the generate process is the N, which is name your not enough statements. Now, this one, along with the ones that follow, are really writing prompts or writing exercises. And this step is one of the more important steps to disrupting scarcity mindset. Because this is where we start to get really aware of the stories that we're telling ourselves about what's happening. You can be really honest about this. There is no statement that you could put here that is right or wrong or good or bad. This is just about noticing all the things that feel true right now, even if they're drama, right? Even if it's like, okay, I know that's not actually true, but it feels true. So a lot of times not enough statements come out sounding like I do not have enough blank or I am not blank enough or something of that nature. They can also be around the future. So a lot of our scarcity fear tends to be, I'm not going to have enough of something like I'm going to run out of it. So when I did this step with my challenge of having, you know, not enough day to myself, um, I just, it's basically a big brainstorm. So you just kind of write down everything you can think of. So I wrote down, well, I don't have enough time home alone. I don't have enough control over my space. I don't have enough peace and quiet. I don't have enough retreat. I am not fast or efficient or prepared enough to do everything that I want to do in this day. Um, I don't have enough connection to my wisdom and intuition, which would tell me the very best way to spend my time. There's also what's kind of interesting is that oftentimes we'll also run into a too much, right? A too much feels almost exactly the same as a scarcity. So for me, it felt like I have too many expectations for myself. Like there's too many things that I want to do with this time and I cannot do them all. So I would translate that to, I don't have enough clarity or discernment in my priorities. Now this list could be much longer, um, but I would say if you're doing this, you wanna just list out everything that feels true and then you look at your list and you pick one, maybe two, if there's one or two that feel the most true, the most potent for right now. Remember again, that there isn't a right one or a wrong one. This is really about what is lit up for you in this mindset. So for me, the one that felt the most lit up is I am not fast, efficient, or prepared enough. There is really this sense that maybe if I had somehow prepared more, I would be able to make more efficient use of this day, but I don't feel prepared enough. And so now I'm in this frustrated scarcity mindset. So you're going to take that one and you're going to work with it in the next step, which is another E in the generate. This one is excavate the essential purpose. So this is a really important step because this is where we start to ask, well, why do you want that? What is the purpose of that? So the first thing I did is I kind of brainstormed all the reasons why I wish that I was fast, efficient, and prepared enough to feel like I could make enough use of this day. Let's see. 
I want to accomplish several things. I want to get my podcast out. I want to enjoy being in my own energy without distraction. I want to focus. I want to feel that when my family comes back at the end of the day, that I'm ready to feel glad that they're back. <laughs> I want to keep my business running. I want to get some house projects done. You know, it's good to be able to do house projects when nobody's around to bother you. I want to get in some open, creative playtime where I could just make a mess or sing a song or just do something for fun and creativity with nobody else watching. So, so I could go on, but these are some of the things that felt like, oh, I wish I, these are some of the things I wish I could do with this time. And another way to excavate essential purpose is to pick one of those things. So that was kind of a big old brainstorm again. I could pick one of those things and like kind of keep digging at it by asking, what's the purpose of that? And what's the purpose of that? Right. And you just kind of keep going. So I decided to, to do that as well. So I chose um, that what I really want, like the real purpose here is that I want to enjoy being in my own energy in my space without distraction. So I asked myself, what's the purpose of that? And I wrote to enjoy working more while also having it be more efficient and effective. And I asked, well, what's the purpose of that? And I wrote, so that I can make meaningful progress on my goals. And I asked, well, what's the purpose of that? And I wrote, to feel like I have control and agency in my life. Now, I could probably keep going, but that one, I kind of like, I got to it and I was like, yep, that feels true. <laughs> Part of what I want from this day all by myself is I want to feel like I have control and agency in my life. And when other people are here, it adds this element of things that are really out of my control and out of my choice that are influencing me, my mood, my feelings, my environment. So that is really the essential purpose is me feeling like I have control and agency in my life. Okay, so the next step is the R. And this stands for recognize your resource gap. So this is an exciting step because this is where we try to turn all of these stories into data, right? Remember how a couple episodes ago we said the difference between scarcity circumstance and scarcity mindset is that one is just a piece of data that you could quantify where the other is a lot of drama and stories that we can kind of get lost in and we, it's hard to see your way out of that. So this is where we start to really see what would it take to actually feel like you have enough in data points? How do you quantify it? So this is, by the way, do not dismiss your drama. It's really important to see it, welcome it to the table and understand it. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't have to judge yourself for having it. But at this point, we're going to start seeing if we can shift into seeing the data side of it. So I could start with that question of what, what are the resources I need that I don't have to really feel sufficient with having control and agency over my life? But that feels like a very, very big question all of a sudden. Like it feels like I get into a lot of different subjects and categories. And I want to stay focused on what we started with, which is really this one day of the week. So, so I, what I started out telling myself is I don't have enough time on this day. So another way of asking this is, what would enough time look like? What specifically do you want to get done or have time to do 
that you're coming up short with. So sometimes this is really, really clear. Like if you have, I don't know, a money scarcity, you might have a very specific amount of money that you know you need to fill the gap. But sometimes it's a little more nebulous and you have to find a way into quantifying it. So I decided to guess and I said, all right, well, I want to have a full eight hours to work on my podcast. And I like doing podcast work when I'm home alone because for your purposes, you don't have to hear all of the shrieks and bumps and noises of my family in the house. I also want about three hours to work on some house projects. I'm not trying to get major things done, but I would like to put in a little bit of time just with nobody messing with my stuff. And then I would like about four hours for like a creative open play time where I could be working on stuff for my business or I could just be doing stuff for fun or maybe something in between, right? So, so that's what I decided. I added all up these hours and it came to 15 hours is what I want. But what I do have is I have about five hours. So that's a 10 hour resource gap, right? Again, it's just a data point. I don't need to tell any stories about it. It's just like, okay, so that's, that's what it feels like. If I had 10 more hours, I think I would feel a bit more sufficient, like I had had enough time home alone. So the next step on the generate method is the A. A stands for appreciate and articulate your current resources. So again, this can be just a big brainstorm, but it's helpful if you center it around what you started with. So I've been saying, oh my gosh, I don't have enough time home alone. So I could start by asking, okay, well, what are all the resources I do have that, you know, might help me get what it is I want here? Or what are all of the resources that I have um, that I'm not really focusing on right now because I'm so focused on what I don't have? So part of this is a gratitude practice, right? It's just about like, well, even though I don't have as much time home alone as I would like, I do really appreciate that I have this lovely family who comes home to me every night and who I get to spend time with and have fun with. And that also is a resource in my life. I do have four other days of the week where I usually get to work. And I also have an office outside of my home that I can go to to get focused work time in. I have the weekends, which really I could do my house projects on the weekends. And if I really needed to be home alone, I could probably ask my husband to take my kids out. They just started Frisbee golfing recently. So, you know, and like I could name, well, we have a car. We have the Frisbee golf discs. We, you know, like my, I have the resource of my kids and my husband being relatively healthy and able-bodied and able to go Frisbee golfing. And, you know, these are just, it's just like starting to see again that there's resources everywhere. And when we focus on what we don't have, it's harder for us to see what we do have. But a lot of these different resources could be utilized. I have a, the resource of my own ability to recognize and communicate my needs, right? I'm grateful for that resource. That's something I've worked on for a long time. So we could go on and on, but. This is where you just start to name both from a place of appreciating, but also from a place of really kind of getting almost taking stock of like, okay, what are all of the most fruitful or abundant resources that I have available to me to kind of work with this gap? Okay, so the next step 
is the T of generate. And the T stands for trust with tenacity. So it's kind of a bold trusting that we have to at some point step into. You know, on that same podcast that I mentioned earlier that I was just listening to of Glennon Doyle interviewing Esther Perel, Glennon says, we only control things we don't trust. And that really stuck out to me because the issue of control has come up so many times in working with scarcity mindset. And there's been several times where I've done this generate process. And the thing I kept coming back to is, oh, I don't have enough control. That's actually the main scarcity I'm experiencing. I don't have enough control. And of course, we do not have control over a whole bunch of things, which is why we have to learn to trust if we want to get out of scarcity thinking. There's kind of no other way out. So this is a step where it can be helpful to do some open journaling on, you know, what do you need to trust in? What do you need to believe? Who do you need to trust? What would allow you to trust that you can get this need met? Or what is a trusting thought that is more likely to get you the result you want, right? And in particular, I find it helpful to actually come up with a new thought or a new statement that speaks directly to the original not enough statement and gives it a little bit of a reframe. So so in my example, earlier in this process, my not enough statement is I am not fast, efficient, and prepared enough, right? That was the statement I came up with that was my drama, my story. And so the reframe statement that my trust came up with is, this is my day for slowing down and doing deep work. And I can schedule out sufficient planning and prep time on other days. I can trust that I will spend this time doing what is most needed for me today. So I took a little bit of time to think about that. And that felt like a a true response. It's really important that whatever your reframe is, that it really feels true to you. You're not trying to sugarcoat yourself. You know, you're not trying to spiritually bypass yourself. You're trying to find what is also true, but helps me open to trust a little bit better than the thought that I've been working with. I will say that sometimes there's a quick fix here. If you're stuck and you can't think of one, I I will sometimes just try directly flipping the statement. So if my first statement is, I am not fast and efficient and prepared enough, then I will see what I can do to flip it. I am fast and efficient and prepared enough. And if that doesn't feel true, I may have to add a little disclaimer, (laughs) like I am fast, efficient, and prepared enough for making the best use of my time today. So maybe I'm not ready to say that that's true across the board, or I could say I'm fast, efficient, and prepared enough to get my podcast done today, or or just be very specific. And I, I have to keep doing that until I find one that really feels true. And when it feels true, it becomes a very supportive trust statement that you can use almost like a mantra, right? To speak directly to the thought that makes you want to kind of hurry up and panic. And you just say, it's okay. Right. One of the ones I use a lot is I have enough time. (laughs) I have enough time to get done what I need to get done today. And whenever I say that to myself, it feels really true because there's another little part of me, that little worrying machine (laughs) that I described that's always like, we don't have enough time to get it all done. Go, 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 right? So I just have to speak to it and say, I know you feel that way, but we do. We actually do have enough time. We're good. Okay, 
We are at the last step of the generate method. This is the final E of generate. And this E stands for ease into expansion. And this step is meant to be where we actually turn all of our insights into something actionable that you can do. So I say ease because anytime we're setting a new goal or habit or action for ourselves, it should be something that's kind of easy. I used to be a yoga therapist and a big part of my work as a yoga therapist before I came, before I became a coach, I did a lot of work with people on their lifestyle health habits. And I did a lot of work with people on, who had a goal of doing more yoga. And it was very, very common for me to hear people say, well, I want to be doing yoga every single day. And I would say, okay, well, how many times a week, like how many days right now do you do yoga? And they would say, oh, zero. <laughs> and so I would say, okay, well, then let's not have you jump to a goal of doing it every day starting right now. Let's have you start with like once a week or twice a week. Or in some cases, I would even have them start with schedule a yoga class and lay out your yoga clothes that you're going to wear, but don't even go to the class. And then the next week, you schedule the class, you lay out your yoga clothes, you put them on, and maybe you go to the class. But it's like finding what is the ease in to the change that you're looking for here. Because when we set a goal that doesn't actually fit with our what will be an easeful transition for us, it can become a point of tension. It can become something where we betray our own trust. And when we lose our own trust, it's very, very difficult to create change. And I call it ease into expansion because I like the idea of picturing that what we're doing here is not fixing some broken part of you. You're not broken, right? We're not making you better than you were before, but we are expanding into a new possibility for you right? So whatever felt scarce before, we want to expand that space and see if it can hold more. So some of the prompts that I'll sometimes use here are what new thoughts, beliefs, actions, or personality traits would you need to cultivate in order to have room for bringing in more of the resource you're seeking? What would be different if you did have enough? What is the most easeful next step you could take to grow in that direction? So what I decided for myself is that it would be helpful just as an action step if I could identify the main types of work that I need to do while I'm home alone and then figure out what parts of that work I can actually do in advance um, and schedule that out into my calendar to make sure that I'm really using that time for what it's best for and if there's anything that can easily be done in a different time, that I just move that out, right? So I decided, for example, to move my house projects to the weekends and just say, I'm not doing house projects on this day because it's not going to fit with what my goals actually are. So basically what I did is I ended up using this process to support me in feeling like I had a little more choice and agency. Um, you know, if you remember what I had come up with in like the excavating the essential purpose, and I said, what I really want is a sense of control and agency over my life. For me, making a plan and, and using my schedule is sometimes how I get that. So, and that also gives me an action step, something I can actually put into my calendar and follow through on. Now, 
This is the end of the process. If you're working with a really sticky scarcity mindset and you still don't feel empowered, you might go back to the beginning and try it through one more time. And you might notice that it feels different, right? Like you go back to grounding into your body and your body might actually feel different than it did the first time. And you can do the whole thing over again and see if more insight comes through that or if more change comes through that. So again, each one of these steps is helpful in its own way and you can practice any one of them on its own. But together, it's a really a nice complete system to taking you from the feeling of where we really feel when we're in scarcity mindset, which is like, I do not have any options. I'm stuck. I don't control this outcome to at least feeling like you do have some choice and some agency um, and kind of opening room to see where do I have the most agency here? Okay. So I'm going to be working on a nice little workbook that you can get to go through the generate method on your own. And the link to that will be in the show notes, or you can find it on my website, kateholly.com, K-A-T-E-H-O-L-L-Y.com. I have another amazing opportunity. This is one that is specifically for those of you who might self-identify as a creative entrepreneur or change maker. These are some of the people that I've been trying to talk to in the last few months through my Space Beyond Scarce coaching project. And I've decided to extend that project through the end of 2021. So what I'm doing is I'm having probably between one and two conversations every single week, all the way through the end of this year. And these are free 90 minute deep dive coaching calls where I'm helping to support people in starting to see where they might have a bigger vision for their life and trying to understand what are some of the scarcities, either real or imagined that might be getting in the way. Um, and then maybe some, some next steps for how you could start to move that. So if you would like some actual direct coaching support, again, this is a great opportunity. It's a free 90 minute call. In full transparency, I always like to let people know that these calls are a part of how I enroll for my coaching programs, but you don't have any obligation whatsoever to sign up for a coaching program at the end, um, although it is a good place where you might learn a little bit more about what coaching can actually do for you. But the the conversation is really focused on just serving you to the best of my ability. So if this is something that you're interested in or curious about maybe learning more about, you can also find the Space Beyond Scarce project on my website, once again, kateholly.com, and find it in the show notes. All right, that is it for today. I hope this was helpful. I know it is a lot of material to work with. Um, I hope you'll go and check out that workbook because it makes it a little bit more tangible, visual, all in one place, and it's something that you can actually work through on your own to see how it changes things. That's it. I hope you have a really spacious and easeful week, and I will be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Space Beyond Scarce. If you enjoyed this episode, please go over to Apple iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. It really helps out a new podcaster. Thank you. Thank you.